0: episode three of the shooter show last week we tuned in with miss allison tharp who is joining the studio with me we talked on the old radio local radio uh oh wow what in the world did we talk about I'm <laughs> in a brain fog all of a sudden
1: um let's see that was it feels like forever ago
0: it's all four days ago and i've already forgotten
1: <laughs> we talked a little bit about the stress response um and how that you know affects both of our mm-hmm. world, my world, and health. Your world, and shooting. Oh, we
0: were talking about failing the first interview. Yeah, had it not look like a victim. Yep, the thought process of criminals and and people mm-hmm. that prey on the what they think is the weaker.
1: Yeah, you were kind of reviewing some of the stuff that you do with your non lethal self defense. Right. Like yeah. my favorite thing that you do is you teach high school senior girls how to protect themselves once they go off to college, and um, so we were talking That's about right. that, and then morals.
0: Oh, that's right. Morals aren't universal. That was the name of the 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 show. Yeah, and um, you know, it, being in the industry that I'm in, I get to go all over the nation. Super blessed to be able to do that, and I get to meet uh, meet all walks of life. And some of the things that I, I come across, people bragging about, aren't something is not something I ever thought would ever be bragged about. Uh, but anyway, so that was last week's show. This week, we're gonna talk about what our industry looks like from an uh, an outside perspective um Allison uh be honest with me did you know that this sort of industry even existed before uh talking to me the
1: competition world
0: competition like training on the level that we do it
1: mm, no i mean i just assumed all, all guys shotguns
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh i, I yeah I guess they could, just not well, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that does not mean well. And right. and I carried one, well, maybe not carried. I've owned one for a very long time, but just have not shot much at all. So knew I was probably a little bit more of a liability than an asset, you know, as far as having a gun at that point.
0: Yeah, which... you know, and the and the whole and you know my whole mantra is becoming an asset instead of a liability. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, For those that are just tuning in, just on the audio, we are live on the old Facebook. uh, And so every once in a while, we'll get a comment in and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, So, people that are watching the uh, Facebook live, feel free to throw in any comments, questions, concerns, anything of that nature. Uh, But otherwise, we're going to, we're going to, I got some questions lined up for Miss Allison. Um, For those that don't know, that is my beautiful bride. We got married uh, back in July. So, um what was the date 31st <laughs> you know how i'm never gonna forget that i set that as my code to something uh yesterday actually i <laughs> that the date 731
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. i just oh, wanted Jill- to put you on the spot
0: <laughs> now you got me like panicking and worried Did I next mess question <laughs> It was the 29th mm-hmm. Oh crap! That's <laughs> fine. I set that code wrong. I straight up put seven three one as my code to to my luggage thing.
1: It's a very odd date. I have to. Oh think my about god! It sometimes just don't forget my birthday. That's an easy one. Ten ten. Yeah. Yeah. I got that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Allison, if you will, uh, tell tell everybody how you sought sought firearms instruction originally and why, if you don't mind.
1: You want to tell people your version first.
0: Oh, yeah, so I go around telling people all the time that she looked up the uh, the hottest uh, uh, firearms instructor in, uh, in like, the southeast or whatever. Well, apparently he was all booked up, and so I was second <laughs> on the list, and here we are. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but no, really. <laughs>
1: so, m- mm. let's see. My mom and my brother gave me a handgun years ago. It's funny because that year um, we were celebrating Christmas at my mom's house and the presents were a Bible and a gun. I was like, well, this is the most Mississippi Christmas ever. Right. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've had one for a long time. You know, I've gone off to grad school by myself and, you know, just lived by myself for a long time. Subtle flex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, well, I... W- the reason that I recalled that is because when I got to Oxford, um, I was, I joined a running group that was mainly made up of professors and they, somebody mentioned target practice. I was like, Oh, I need to do that. You know, I have a gun. I just don't shoot that often. And all the professors, you know, super liberal were like, Oh, you have a gun. Like, what if somebody's kids are in your house? I was like, well, first of all, I don't know anybody here, but second of all, like, you know, it just, so I always think about that, but regardless, I had one, but did not shoot often. And then, so I just had one for no reason. It was doing me no good. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I back to Flowood, um, I moved and had an incident on old Fannin of all places. Um, and it got kind of scary and, my mom and I had talked about doing some sort of self defense shooting class for a while. And after that, I was, I called her. I was like, all right, mom, I've been seeing this guy on Facebook. He does all this teaching shooting stuff. And mm-hmm. after that happened, like, yeah. I think it's time that I take some sort of class. And so that's where you came in.
0: Yeah. I just got this random message from this, uh, this, this, this chick on Facebook. <laughs> and, um, you know, business business, uh, always comes first. Uh, so I I didn't think of you as like a a good looking woman or anything like that. I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, business inquiry, got it. And that's exactly what I did. And so you and your mom signed up for a private lesson, came out for two hours, uh, went over some basic safety stuff and and made sure you knew how to, you know, at least pull the trigger twice in a good direction. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a good time, but then, uh, you know, we just, we just talked, uh, as friends and as someone that, you know, two people that had a business agreement for two hours, uh, for the next like year and a half.
1: Yeah. That was that. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. We were just kind of living our life, doing our thing. You know, I, I definitely respect you and, and looked highly upon you and what you were doing in your, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, from afar, if you will, on Facebook. And then, uh, you were kind of as well, the same towards me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah, we just decided to start talking, um, I- well,
1: no, let's be real. We were griping about how terrible the dating scene is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> We had That's just true. been
1: friends for so long and, and not even that close of friends. And yeah. then all of a sudden we just started mm-hmm. kind of just really got excited about what we were each doing individually in our own businesses. And that was definitely kind of a passion that we both had. I know this isn't about how we met you right. know, and got married, but it it's like there's so much crossover between I'm in um, women's hormone and metabolic mm-hmm. health, but just the entrepreneurship itself, there was so much crossover. And uh, so I think that's kind of what led us to be like, Hey, you know what (laughs) you're kind of (laughs) cute so
0: So, i mean so you say it may not be important for the viewers to know or listeners to know but i I think it's good for them to know that you don't have a shooting background by any means
1: Mm -mm. nope
0: i mean you folks grew up uh hunting yeah
1: yeah and before my brother was born my dad um wanted me to be the son that went hunting with him. And so Uh. (laughs) I think I was like four and he had me shooting this little kid rifle. And then we figured out, I don't like to see things die. And so like that, that whole hunting thing didn't last very long. Plus I talked too much. So I wasn't a good hunting partner for my dad. Uh, But I I mean, I was, I was fine being around them, Mm -hmm. but I never, I was very intimidated to use them.
0: Right. All right. So no judgment for me. I promise. Okay. Because this is a question that I've never asked you before, oh. I wanted I wanted the fresh, honest, honest answer mm-hmm. before uh, being around me and seeing what legitimate gun ownership looks like and all that stuff. What were your thoughts and feelings on "quote unquote" assault weapons? Uh, let's say ten years ago.
1: I don't really think I had any other than I feel like the general public should have the right to have them. Mm I, you know, I mean, I'm from Mississippi, so I I just feel that's a very important right to protect. Um, And I hadn't done any homework either way. Uh, My whole thing is bad guys will get guns regardless of what the law says. Facts. Um, Especially
0: when folks leave them in their vehicle and those bad guys break into them because Mm -hmm. folks think leaving guns in their vehicles is okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I, I don't think that, you know, I yeah. mean, cocaine is not legal, but there's a whole industry revolving around cocaine. A big one. Right? So, I don't know. I just... I,
0: oh, Escobar I, made a whole lot of money. <laughs>
1: I've, I've been always, like, limited government as much as possible kind of mind frame. So, I, other than that, that was kind of
0: it. That's so attractive to me, just so you know. like <laughs> you just gained, like, three... Sexy points or something? Yes. (laughs) Get a room. (laughs) We are in a room. Uh,
1: Pete, look, people are so over us. But listen, we both waited a long time for this, so (laughs) like we're just like y'all just going to deal with it until we get sick of each other, I guess.
0: (laughs) Look, anybody that comes around me saying we should limit government overreach and people should have all of their rights and and all that, I'm like, I'm all ears. I'm all in on that. So, um, so happy that I got to marry someone that thinks the same.
1: Well, it's important for me, too, because of what I do. You know, I mean, we're losing medical freedoms by the day, and I'm not about that. And I talk very loudly on any airwave that I have the opportunity to get on about how important it is that we pay attention to what's going on. And and that's guns. That's medical freedoms. It's, it's all across the board.
0: So, you know how literal I am. Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I don't know if I've ever said this, but now thinking about it critically, I don't know if I would ever say we've been losing our freedoms because we don't fight enough for it to be a loss, a loss, a win and a loss, you know, makes it seem like a, a, a ball game. If you will, like there's two teams fighting for the, for the, for the victory. Well, we've just been bending over and taking it for, I don't know how yeah. long well, that, but,
1: better way of putting it. They've been taken in, yeah, and a lot of times without our knowledge, I just I, I don't think people are aware yeah, of well what all is going on.
0: Oh, they're conditioned. Right. I think. I think they're. I, I think the government has done exactly what they set out to do: mm-hmm. create a very governable, controllable population. Don't get me started. And that's exactly what we've become. All right. So before I get off my uh, get on get on that soapbox, a uh, little shout out to my Facebook viewers there. Oh, Alex, off in Texas, and Hunter at uh, my local my local rifle guy and uh, Hey, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So,
1: is Alex the guy that dresses really nice and Yeah, the suited.
0: Guns? Yep, the suited shootest. That's nice. the guy. <laughs> uh, fun fact: I've still yet to do this because I'm just a terrible friend and keep forgetting. But he actually sent me two stickers for me to put over one over each nipple and get taste shirtless on video. <laughs> I need to do that, but I keep I keep forgetting and, and whatnot. Maybe we should make that happen.
1: Lord have mercy. <laughs>
0: we should do it on the podcast. On the pod on People, the podcast. I guess we could I guess uh, we could live stream that Joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we'll have to set a date and get that going. Oh man, we got uh yeah, we got all the friends from all over the place. Jay is up in uh oh god, what what state is Jay in? I keep forgetting. It's like uh Illinois. I can't remember. I forget. Didn't he move? I forget. I'm terrible. Yeah. Hey Jay, what state are you in? I forgot. He has uh he has his own training company up there and he was talking earlier today about getting it kicked off and all that stuff. So one day he's gonna be a big shot as well. Um, my buddy Andy over in uh Arizona, they got the uh uh the range buddy app. So all my folks out there that like to shoot guns and whatnot, and you want to have something to go to the range and practice with, but you're not really sure what to do like you don't know what drills exist, you don't know what exercises exist, Uh, go download the Range Buddy app. Super good app. You'll actually find a lot of Synergy stuff on there as well, some drill of the months, uh, all kinds of good stuff. And they're constantly updating it, keep it fresh, all that good stuff. Oh, Jay's up in Maryland. Wow, I forgot that was a state. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Oh, Albuquerque, not Arizona. Yeah, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the L-A-B-Q. That's where where the Range Buddy folks are at. Um, I forget. I'm sorry. I was (laughs) was trying to read what Alex said. Um, But, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the old story at hand here. And outsiders look in. So, let's see. uh, Was it last year or what month is this? September. Good God. Time is absolutely flying. All right. So, it was this year that you went and watched me shoot my first competition, yeah? Or not my first one, but your first, first one, one to, to see. watch mm-hmm. okay, in person. Yep. And you had seen videos and whatnot beforehand. And then you had also set up a class of your CrossFit uh, family, if you will, mm-hmm. to take a um, four-hour private lesson with me as well. So Yeah, you,
1: that was awesome.
0: Yeah, so you knew the defensive side of, of shooting guns existed. And, you know, we all knew that, uh, skeet shooting existed and like long range precision shooting existed, but did you know that, uh, there was a sport out there where you get to take a pistol and run around like a chicken with his head cut off shooting paper and steel and mm. just having a great time?
1: No, not at all.
0: What was it like seeing that for the first time?
1: Um, I mean, it was pretty cool. There were some girl, like some Tiny girls doing it, Miss Cat Steele. Shout out to her. She what a was cool shooting. Name. I know Stony and Cat Steele. Like That's her government name. If they, yeah, if they don't get a podcast with you, Daniel, just for their name alone, like, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was super cool, and and I, the whole time I'm thinking. So I I've been a runner for a long time, mm-hmm. and I know I was a competitive, like a competitive runner. runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I I can remember that the heart rate, the thrill of the starting line. But the thing about distance running is – you don't even have to run straight. You just got to keep running, right? So, like, the minute the gun goes off, you're good. Like, everything starts to calm down. Mm-hmm. But watching y'all shoot. So, now you have to pay attention. You have to hit a target. You have to hit a target in the right spot and not hit it in this spot. And then one of them's probably moving back and forth like this. And you got to move, your, and you got to keep your feet in these boundaries and all this stuff. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, I, And then, and then of course everybody's super encouraging and they've got all this like, you know, endorphin rush going, Oh, you should start doing this. And I'm like, I, I'm just watching y'all and I'm like, (laughs) my heart rate is elevated. You know, it's a lot.
0: I'm stressed just watching. I mean, I'm sweating (laughs)
1: talking about it right now. You know, it's a lot. I mean, it's super impressive for sure.
0: So, uh, as an outsider looking in, and you, and you know that none of the, of course, it's all a controlled environment, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're shooting cool, fun guns that none of us realistically would carry on our bodies because they weigh too much and all that. And um, shooting, you know, from big belt rigs and everything's easily accessible. So with all that being said, from an outside looking and be honest, how practical do you think that is as a normal citizen person that carries a gun for self defense. Do you think that those those uh challenges and 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 skills transfer?
1: Uh well, I mean, if we're gonna nerd out on nervous system regulation, which is like one of my favorite things to talk about. I think it is a phenomenal way to train under pressure because we can all in the South walk around with our guns talking about how we'll blow a hole in somebody if they do the X, Y, Z. But have you ever really had to shoot things under pressure? Right. Could you do it? And with moving targets hit the right person, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there was a there's l-
0: penalties of things that you're shooting things that didn't, wasn't supposed to be shot. No shoots and hardcover, if you will.
1: Yeah. So yes, it's a controlled environment, but I think it puts you in a more real life scenario or it trains that part of your nervous system Mm -hmm. and mental acuity, like all of those things a lot deeper being in that competition setting because, you know, I'm just thinking about all the excitatory neurons, all the cortisol adrenaline going on that would be that would be happening in a real life scenario. Um, so you're getting to practice under that sort of physiological state. Okay. So I think that is probably one of the better ways to prepare for something like that. You know, I mean, there's no way you can fully prepare for an emergency until. Yeah. It's happened and we hope that it never happens. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. I think that that is a pretty impressive way and smart way and fun way. Like it just marries mm-hmm. so many different concepts. Um, so.
0: So another question you've actually taken, uh, two classes for me. One was a private lesson and then the other one you were just, you were in that four hour, um, class with your, with your CrossFit ladies. <clears throat> Which was a great time. Shout out to Boondocks FTA in Raymond, Mississippi, for hosting us down there for a lot of our, a lot of the private classes that I do. Super, super thankful for them for hooking us up on the local side of things. All right, so you've taken those classes, and so and then you've watched us compete, and you've seen the stress and all that. And, and yes, again, con- controlled environment, all that jazz. Of those two, which do you think is more applicable to training our physiological response to those that stress?
1: I think the competition shooting,
0: even though we spend less time doing it, and you're you're only spending maybe uh, fifty to sixty total seconds behind the gun.
1: What during the competition Mm -hmm. at the match? But for how many stages? Well, and let's, I mean, how quickly does an emergency happen? I think, well, I mean, if we're just talking nervous system regulation, Mm -hmm. then I think the competition shooting. Um, But there has to be both, right? Like you can't not refine your skills. Um, and know what you're even doing like what yeah. the classes that I took you literally had yeah. to draw my hand and say hold the gun here like yes. this you know right. so like that was definitely a starting off point that had to take place first
0: so you think you think the classes are a good way to base, so to build and hone those 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 hard skills and then the competition would be like the best way to simulate or emulate the physiological response and the stress reactors and all that stuff
1: I mean, who am I to say, but from my perspective, yeah, <laughs>
0: well, you're all about what the, I mean you the whole show is about you and your perspective on this, so I don't think there is a wrong answer. I'm just really curious what uh the perspective of someone that just you know totally from the outside looking in,
1: yeah, yeah, i'm I think so it it creates a lot of the the stress that would be there in um an emergent situation,
0: <laughs> Chris says. Chris Bean is uh, one of my coaches. He's over in Georgia. He says, Ms. Tharp can no longer identify as an outsider. She is squarely now inside.
1: <laughs> inside by affiliation. Right.
0: <laughs> Chris is, uh, shout out to Chris. He, um, he's on the active self protection uh, team, and he's one of the instructors there. He's also one of the uh, cadre instructors for the Complete Combatant. Um, I'm actually headed out to the ASP National Conference soon. Going to be teaching up there and AIing for a couple other people, and we're going to have a good good time. Uh, Joe says, "Simunition would be the best stress response training," in my opinion. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about that for just a moment. Um,
1: so, I'm assuming that's like a simulation type.
0: So, Simunition is actually like a little. It's like a. Paint BBs, if you will. Imagine paintball, but with r- very realistic guns. Okay. So they're like actual guns, one-to-one replicas, um, and then they, they shoot uh, some munitions. The main company that's making these are called, is called UTM, United Training Munitions. And um, it hurts being shot with these, by the way. Uh, so, yes. If you have access to force-on-force training with UTMs and you have the funds to do this, yes. But you're so, the way I, I really nerd out on the way humans learn. All right, and we need to if if we really want to train, and uh, uh what's the word I'm I'm looking? Uh, let's see. Oh goodness, I'm looking for another word. It's, I I even did a dang video on it. It's the triangle. It's training, practicing, and oh, oh that was man. a while ago. I no, and I'm having a terrible brain fog today for some reason or another. But if we really want to conditioning, there we go. Thank goodness gracious, stupid brain. Uh, if we really want to condition our bodies, we need to do something uh, that is stressful like daily. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be daily, but it has to be on some sort of frequent basis. Mm. All right. Now let's break down the the cost of this. Going on force-on-force on force classes, you're, you're looking at upwards for a good two-day force-on-force class well beyond $500. Force-on-force force class. Force on force training is where you get shot with UTM's. You basically go into a shoot house and you do all that. Um, you have you have you're actually shooting other people, like you know, because they're they're paintball type things. Gotcha. And so again, controlled environment and all that type of stuff. And yes, it's just incredibly cost and in, uh, prohibitive. Should you go do it when given the chance? Heck yeah, because it's a lot of fun. How else? How often are you gonna get to go shoot other people in, in like you know? In the face, if you will, or in the ankles, if you really don't like them, because you know some people will show up in shorts and you can just wear out them shins. <laughs> but uh, but yes, it it's really good. But what I'm saying is, for the frequency, you can go shoot a USPSA or IDP match every weekend. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, the USPSA match is more stressful and it it it's a it it takes a lot more. I don't want to say that that makes IDP sound bad. Um, it takes a different level of skill. It's much more high energy. Um, but I, I, you can go do that almost every weekend. And it, the, the cost of entry is 25 for $30. bucks. You're gonna, you are going to, you know, you need 120 to 150 rounds of ammo. And one morning, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. One morning. You don't even have to do lodging for a, for a low class. You don't have to go shoot state matches, area championships, sectionals. You don't have to go do nationals. None of that to be a one heck of a great shooter and to see the benefits of just shooting one local match a month or every other month, keeping up that frequency. And of course you need to be doing your, your daily or every other day dry fire re- routine um, once a week for the guys that don't take it super serious. Like me, that's fine, but you need that frequency you need that regularity for this to actually, actually work. Alex says cortisol is cortisol. Absolutely. Absolutely. And did you know your subconscious mind can't tell the difference from the reality that you feed it and the actual, like actual reality. Mm -hmm. That's why dreams feel so real. Mm -hmm. I wonder if cortisol response is the same. Mm -hmm. Would you say it is?
1: So, I mean, this is, I was just teaching on this today at a luncheon, Um, but our bodies are still very much wired as if we are primitive beings living in caves. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we open an email that is super stressful, our physiology will will our nervous system alerts that oh no there's probably a lion tiger or bear getting close Mm -hmm. and it will release cortisol this is how i mean i could go on and on about this but this is how cortisol can lead to obesity chronic disease and insulin resistance um and so uh, This is just your body's perception. This is just an email. It's just a thought. And the thing is, you know, even just the thought of opening an email that you've been dreading getting is probably Mm -hmm. way worse than what the actual email contains. But the stress response that your body feels um, is that is the same as if you are about to have to actually literally run or fight for your life. So...
0: That response is, is dead on. Um, as someone that takes my own personal progression very seriously and wants to be a national level uh, instructor, I know that I need to perform well. And putting that extra stress on myself makes matches even that, that much more realistic, if you will, for me because I, I place that, that response that you just explained way more on myself. Mm-hmm. Could you, of course, go up to a match and just be like, I'm just here to have fun, whatever, and keep all that in check? Sure, yeah. When the timer goes off, you're just lollygagging. But if you take it serious and you and you you change your frame of mind to actually uh, put your all into it, man, it is stressful. It mm-hmm. is incredibly stressful. Alex said, uh, there's also emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. I've been at matches and seen people's frustration get very close to creating safety issues. Man, me too. I've had the I've had the pleasure of working um, some state matches, area you know things like that, and and been all around. I haven't done any nationals or big area matches, but state like uh, sectionals and state matches and whatnot. Yes, and I have seen people just throw straight up hissy fits from being so frustrated from all this, and they couldn't they could not control their emotional response to whatever went wrong or bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Let's see. This was back in February of last year. Do you remember when I went down? We were just friends at the time. Um, Do you remember when I went down to Hattiesburg and shot and worked a match? It was a one-day match, and this cop from Mobile raged out from me DQing for breaking the 180?
1: I think I remember you telling me that story. Later,
0: yeah. So for those that don't know, breaking the 180, uh, again, with our controlled environment, the 180 is this imaginary 180 degree straight line where everything that you can shoot safely is forward of that. And then everybody, you know, that has a pulse is behind it. And if you break that 180 with your gun, you're basically doing, an, uh, you know, something unsafe. And unfortunately, you get disqualified for, or well, fortunately, you get disqualified for that because we just can't have that unsafe gun handling. Well, anyway, this gentleman broke the 180 and I could tell it, uh, I could, I could tell it enough to stand firm in my decision. All right. Sometimes we'll call it and we'll be like, I don't know, just reshoot the stage. But I knew this one to be enough to actually stand firm in my decision. And dude, he, he got so mad. He did apologize for it. Some things went down and whatnot, but to, to Alex's point, absolutely. Like that, and he's all he's around guns you know he had a gun on him with ammo what what if something in his head you know triggered or whatever but i, I digress i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but he's exactly right the emotional regulation you have to to have to go through in these matches is is pretty big if again you put yourself in that mindset you have to take this serious to get to 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 experience that type of stuff
1: it's cool i've i've been listening to some things on training, your uh, autonomic nervous system response. And, and somebody up there, the comments have already scrolled down, um, mm-hmm. but they said that action is kind of how, let's see, action is the destroyer of stress. So, yes, because we perceive the actual event to be way worse than it usually is. So just by going through the actions over and over again, um, we start to reduce our stress response okay. to certain things. And so, um You can actually rehearse things in your mind, put your in your mind, put yourself in that situation and your body will physiologically respond as if you were there and then you control the outcome in your mind. Mm. You do this over and over again and you can reduce the stress response when you're actually in that event. So, you know, it's not. You guys can't do that because you don't see the stage until you get up to it and Mm -hmm. you're explained, you know, but if you could, in a perfect world, get the stage, you know, um, two weeks ahead of time and just rehearse it over and over in your mind wouldn't that be awesome? Obviously that's not the point. Right. But it's training that nervous system response so that you can keep those, you know, the yeah. cortisol and adrenaline at a good level rather than getting so heightened that it could cause you to mess up.
0: That, so, <laughs> wow. That's uh, it's a lot for someone that's never shot a competition before. <laughs> you just nailed a lot of the things that high end competitors do. Really? They do that. Yeah. So national and area matches, some even big state sectional matches, you do get the matchbook weeks in advance. Nice. And you can look at the stages. Now, of course, they're, you know, they're not going to be one for one by the time you get there because once you put a stage on the ground, it's going to be slightly different. Right, right. Sometimes completely different just depending on if, like a malfunction of equipment or whatever. Anyway, and so we, we do do that. that that's exactly what I was helping Raleigh Bowman teach advanced stage planning Uh at the guardian conference two weekends ago. And we use the, uh, the, the same philosophy that, uh, let's see Anderson. Uh, what's his first name? He owns that shooting show. Um, Steve Anderson. Oh, by the way, he's a, he's a certified middle, uh, middle management coach mm. through Lanny Basham. And so is Chris. Oh, cool. Chris Bean. He's the That's, one
1: throwing out all that good stuff.
0: Um, <laughs> Matthew, I love it when people make fun of me being a half blind and all that. It's mm-hmm. funny. All right, so <laughs> I <heard> knuckles. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, so we use uh, analyze, strategize, visualize, memorize. Or, I'm sorry, memorize, visualize. Uh, so whenever we go up to a stage, we'll analyze it. We'll create what strategy we want to attack it. We'll memorize that specific strategy. And then while we're, while we're waiting for our time to shoot, we'll just visualize us shooting it, yourself shooting it in your head no less than 10 times you must visualize it and then you just go execute it so exactly what you just said you you prepare you start putting your body in that in that state you start you can literally see it imagine it um as someone that struggles with imagination thankfully we can go see the stage <laughs> cuz if i looked at a matchbook i don't have enough imagination to be able to visualize myself That's shooting nice. that stage Unfortunately, some people do and kudos to them and whatnot. That's super helpful, but I, I definitely don't, I have to be there in person to see it.
1: This is, it's kind of a, I think a known practice or it should be among really serious athletes. Um, But what's been so neat is now people in the holistic and and functional health and and medicine space are taking this to help people train their emotional response to everyday life because stress is such a um, big offender when it comes to chronic disease. And so now we're walking ourselves through what we perceive as stressful situations before Mm -hmm. they happen so that we can start to train our nervous system and, and help fight off, you know, our stress responses to X, Y, Z. Anyway, not important to this show, but I can't not talk about it. because um, Like I just, it, I love how much crossover that there always is.
0: Matt says the middle ability to not change your stage plan based on the other shooters something I still can't do and need to prove on. Yes. Have, so you'll eventually start gaining more faith in your own stage plan and you'll stop looking at other people's plan. Um, every now, uh, Of course, every once in a while you'll see something you're like, oh, wow, I should adopt that. And if you have enough time to re-memorize it and visualize it, then sure, go for it. But I'm going to tell you right now, a great executed okay stage plan is way better than a piss poor executed great stage plan. I know. <laughs> a great execution of an okay stage plan is way better than a terrible execution of an amazing ah, stage plan. Gotcha. Yep. So, but I, of course, we're jumping out into the uh, competition world. Uh, I saw where Alex said something is. It's almost as if you could apply uh, reading a book about any competitive uh, sports to shooting, like that book about tennis. He's talking about the inner game of tennis, which is also a great read. Um, it goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, with Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. So mm. any of the viewers, listeners out there, those are two great uh, uh, books to read for your shooting performance. Um, while on the – what's that?
1: Chris said I get free entry to one of his classes, but you have to pay. So we get a two-for-one essentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take it. I need it.
0: <laughs> do it. Absolutely do it. It is well worth it. Um, oh, uh. What the guys that are myself, I'm sorry. You'll have to cut this out on the uh, podcast a little dead space of me talking to myself, trying to read the comments. Um, yeah, I was looking at Brian's comment up there. So, you know, there's people that can just shoot matches, and then there's those those of us that like really enjoy working the match. And what do I mean by that? I'm actually a CRO, which is Chief Range Officer through the NRI, which is National Range Officer Institute. All that fancy mumbo jumbo just means that I know all the ins and outs and the rules and, and, and whatnot of USPSA. So I can go work matches and be in charge of a stage and all that. um, And I, being being in that state of mind and actually being able to watch some of the greatest shooters in the nation, how they attack stages is has been super beneficial as well. Because I can play back a lot of that stuff, you know, for a short amount of time after I did. I can't recall now, obviously, because too much stuff has happened between now and then. But, Whenever I go shoot a big match or whatever and I get to watch great shooters uh, you know, hit a stage, I'll replay what they did in my head over and over again as well just for that because that's the closest thing I'm going to be able to get to being in their head and someone else's perspective and how they actually attacked it and what they did. And, um, is that good or bad? Who knows, but it is something I really enjoy.
1: So you're saying you do that when you're just an RO but not mm-hmm. when you're a competitor.
0: No. So when I'm a competitor, I try to stay in my own head.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just thinking of the correlation. So one of the things that I see some of my clients struggle with is they've got a plan for health and they'll they'll stick to it for a couple of weeks and then they'll see Sally over here is yep. doing this and they jump to this because she got great results. Well, they're, they're seeing her day 63, you know, day 365 right they're not seeing the commitment that you know so i think about that when i think about you guys watching Mm -hmm. each other shoot in these competitions like commit to what you've already planned Mm -hmm. and because if you jump ship and do something that you see somebody else do like you're not gonna it's the the same exact thing with my clients like every time they jump ship they just they they start themselves all the way over again
0: no you're exactly right I, so I used to get in this mental trap because um, the past three years I've, I have taken my own personal development as a shooting and self-defense and life coach extremely serious. More now than ever before. Um, and towards the beginning of that slash just before the beginning of that when I was really working on my own progression as a shooter and just hitting plateau after plateau – I kept seeing other people and how well they do in the short amount of time they've been doing it or the early age they're doing it. And and it's that is a trap. That is a mental mm-hmm. trap to try to start comparing your journey with someone else's. Yep. Um, I wholeheartedly believe uh, in the deepest parts of my heart and soul that God gave me this very specific gift and has put me on this very specific journey for a reason mm-hmm. and that I would be doing uh, him a, a dishonor by trying to compare it to someone else. Or so that is that is what I've wrapped my mind around in the past few years. Yep,
1: yep. And, and everybody's journey is so different. I mean, I look at what y'all do on the stages. Everybody moves their body differently. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, different mental responses to different cues. So it would be, and that would be very hard for me if I were in the competition shooting world. I would literally mm-hmm. have to, put my face in a book and not watch everybody else go. Right. Cause it would make me even more nervous. And then I know that last minute I would try something that I hadn't planned. So yeah, I've
0: done that. Yeah. I can, I
1: can see where that would be so easy to fall into.
0: And so unfortunately I don't get to shoot very many matches. Um, just time resources. It's unfortunately I just don't get to. Right. Um, but I will say this, I would be, I would not be as good of a shooter as I am now, or as a good of a coach, if it wasn't for competitive shooting. Um, and why coach over shooter? Because I get to watch other people and see what they're doing and how how they look at a stage and how they attack it, and see what's best for them opposed to other people. So I can actually start. That was. That and then, you know, working under some other great instructors is what helped me really start individualizing my teachings to people and catering it to them as who they are as a shooter with their physical abilities and limitations and where they are on their journey. And of course, their applications as well, because I'm not necessarily going to um, teach all the things I would a patrol cop as I would someone that only cares about competitive shooting. Mm -hmm. Just. Two different clientels, but anyway, all of that has really helped me refine those skills. Mm-hmm. But back at the um, task at hand, uh, oh, there's our friend Mikos.
1: What's up, Memphis?
0: We're gonna have to get him to zoom in one day yeah. with us and uh, have like a a, a joint uh, podcast recording and have have his have him on there. And we'll get a hopefully we'll get a surprise uh, visit from Malcolm as well. Yeah, he has the cutest baby you have ever seen yeah
1: he he could be a, a gerber baby if that if that's still a thing
0: so i've always thought newborn babies just all look the same they all look like little you know potatoes you left in the oven too long or something <laughs> like every one of like they're all bald and like just kind of red or something and i'm like yeah, they all look the, that's such a cute baby i'm like it looks just like the other one <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same to me but no malcolm is the this the absolute most go- gorgeous baby i've ever mm-hmm. seen um all right so back at the task at hand outsider looking in how has your perspective or your view on the firearms training industry the competitive world all that changed ever since you know before your incident to now
1: well i mean uh, dramatically but because i have such an inside view on it all um so i'm You'll, you'll have to be more specific.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're sort of an outsider, but with a, a an inside view.
1: Yeah, I mean, I very much have more of an inside view than most people.
0: Okay, because of you. That's fair. Um, man, I I don't know how else I could uh phrase that question. Um, all right. Well, how about your journey? Are you happy with the the journey you've chosen as far as uh your your firearms training?
1: Um. Well, I think we both know that I could definitely be doing a lot more training. That's everybody. Yeah. So, uh, but I will say, yes. Um, so, when when I went with you to that match, it was mm-hmm. my first match to go see. Yep. Of course, you know, I'm seeing these people do this incredibly difficult looking scenario for what, eight stages total, or it was a lot of stages. And anyway, and then after that, Tyler... Is like, hey, well, let's go practice your shooting. And I hadn't picked up the gun in a in a while, and I had just seen these people do all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember I w- I was physically shaking, yes, and I was I terrified. Remember. And mm. then within a matter of minutes, I had gained so much confidence that I, you know, was wanting to shoot all the ammo,
0: all the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I was completely out of ammo. Yeah, so
1: um, <laughs> that was really fun for me because if I ever get to the point of physically shaking, like I am really scared. Uh, and I, it wasn't, I, I mean, I was scared of a lot of things, right? Mm. It was a lot of performance anxiety at yeah. that point. Um, just because there were people that were there and they were just being completely supportive, but you know, it's like yep. a big deal. Uh, well, I don't even think I was your fiance at that point, but still I was with you. And like, here I am Close. just nervous to touch the gun, you know, yeah. to pick it up, to shoot it, to hear the loud bang. Uh-huh. And then now though, um, I can go, we can go to the range and I, once I get past the first shot, like I'm fine Yeah, and I'm not scared to touch it anymore, you Conditioning. know, yeah, exactly, yep. exactly.
0: Exactly. And we're going to get you on the range more and get some more shooting. Unfortunately, I have such a busy schedule. It's... And I feel bad about it, but I don't get to give Allison the, the time and attention she needs behind a gun.
1: But don't um, think I won't shoot you, dead if you come, <laughs> yeah. come to the house unexpected. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's if you get through my 100-pound dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have lots of uh, lines of defense. So,
0: yeah. Hey, uh, Daniel, can you scroll up to um, Lance's comment real quick? I wanted to touch on that right there. Lance, uh, local cat, he says, uh, what have you seen is the difference? Oh, it, it moved again. What have you seen as the difference uh, between watching military police-trained shooters and uh, guys, military police-trained guys, as opposed to street competition shooters? Who's better? All right, so military and, and police need to know tactics, all right? And so police shooting is such a small, tiny portion of their job, they just don't spend much time doing it other than qualification day. Um, Now SWAT guys uh, or full time SWAT guys are more trained. They're allocated more training time and ammo and whatnot, so they're a little better. But again, they're more tactics centric. All right, their kit is different and all that type of stuff. It's not really meant. They they just it it's not meant to do the type of stuff we do. Um, And so the the competitive civilian guys are absolutely by far without question better shooters in no way, shape, fashion, form, are they better tacticians, all right? Um, Now, we do have the best of both worlds called the Army Marksman Unit, all right? And then, of course, you do have, uh, you know, really awesome LE snipers, military snipers, things like that, but we have the AMU, which does PRS and USPSA and multi-gun, and they have bred some of the best shooters this nation has ever seen, some of the best ones. However civilians have held more shooting championship titles than military people and law enforcement people and it just is what it is um, now the reason may be that they just don't have the the time and resources to allocate towards you know being a national or world champion you know of course there's exceptions and conditions and all this types of stuff but those are the facts and uh, I hope that answered your question there I
1: wanted to respond to Daniel can you scroll back up to Chris? being Christopher beans last comment.
0: There it is.
1: Yeah. Um, so the intent of all coaching empower and inspire confidence. So I'm a health coach. That is absolutely true, but I will say, and then you said the rest will come. That's one of the things that that's why I brought the girls from my CrossFit gym to Tyler's class, because I knew that he wasn't going to make us feel stupid. Um, that it, his heart and everybody that I've seen in the shooting world, their heart is, is simply that just to empower you to give you that confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Matthew said the humbleness of the competition world to new shooters is something unmatched, And I agree with that. Like everybody that I've ever met at a match is super supportive and humble. Like I I don't see anybody with their chest poking out, trying to make me feel bad for X, Y, Z, like, and, and I, I've seen that um, over and over again. So I just kind of wanted to echo what they were saying because I completely, as an outsider, I mean, you guys, you know, listening to y'all talk about your own world is mm-hmm. one thing, but as an outsider, yeah. I can wholeheartedly agree um, with what they're saying.
0: And the, the competition and training community, uh, not only are they incredibly inviting, but they're some of the most responsible people I've ever met. Yes. Yeah. Like they actually take it serious. They are. They actually want to be an asset, not a liability. They're not the normal gun owner that just leaves guns laying around for them to be stolen and used for violent uh, crime later. And they, they're not. You know, they don't have their head stuck up the rear and think they know everything. Well, some of them do, but most of them don't. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, every sport will have those. Few. Oh,
0: absolutely. But absolutely. And you know, I'm not a sports person. Right. Oh,
1: we know everybody that knows you knows that. Tyler. Yeah. So I'm
0: not really a sports person, um, just because sports people generally kind of get on my nerves because they're, they're so obsessive over this ball or this team or this guy's stats and things like that. I'm like, yeah, uh, but is this obsession making you a better person at all? Like, is it helping your family? Any? I mean, you know, cool. Everybody needs some sort of like you know getaway or mind numbing whatever. You know, some people watch Family Guy and sports. I, I see how that. Fits that role, but I'm like, I just don't understand it. I, I can't really wrap my mind around. Right. i like, I'm going to spend my time and resources trying to be the best person I can be, and then also help try to train, teach, inspire, and all of that the 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 uh, best people that I can. And and I feel like this industry really does breed that same type of uh, of person as well. Like everybody's just wanting to make everybody else better. Um. All right. So we are at 50 minutes. We got all of like nine minutes left to land the plane. As my beautiful bride says on her awesome radio show. <laughs> um, so right quick, Allison, will you let the viewers know where they can find you and what, what, what exactly do you do and where can They can, they find you and get your services.
1: I'm um, um, always happy to say that. So I am a women's hormone and metabolic health coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? Well, just about anything that a woman wants help with with their health. Um, I do take a more holistic approach um, so I can be that liaison between the physician and the patient and helping with their lifestyle. And I work with a lot of women who have hormone dysfunction all ages of life. Um, It's super important because conventional medicine has failed us as patients, mm, um, but especially women. Um, so, you know, I I just have a huge passion for that. I also um, have a passion for empowering people that they have a lot more power over their health than we've been led to believe. Mm-hmm. So we have been conditioned as a society to you know, rely on doctors and the health care system but our current health care system that's a joke to me it's the sick care it very much teaches you how to care for your illness rather than heal your body and be well mm-hmm. and so I'm here to call BS on that and empower people with information on how they can live um, healthy lifestyles and actually achieve health and it's totally doable I've seen people come back from the craziest of stuff so even even if it's not through me, I've got connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what lights my fire. <laughs> um, that's what God put in my soul, um, to do on this planet. And so, and I love to talk about it. So I, you know, love to do speaking engagements. Um, I got to speak at the Rankin women's Uh, ranking career women's luncheon today Mm -hmm. um i have i do have a radio show so 103.9 wyab mondays at 9 a.m central standard time uh you're on there frequently uh, but we we talk all things holistic health and you know self-defense is a part of health in my opinion it is um
0: and it's hard to take care of your health if you're dead yeah (laughs) Exactly,
1: and so, um, and I think too when I I talk a lot about cortisol and nervous system regulation, and if you know that you are somewhat prepared to defend yourself and your family, that is one less stress that you Mm -hmm. have, right? Um, I also have a podcast called the Landing Spot Podcast. So this is it's helpful for men to understand their women,
0: right? Mm -hmm. But
1: this is where we go deep into, you know. Women's physiology, women's biology, we're covering all things from infertility to perimenopause, menopause to, you know, how these different changes in our bodies can lead to scary things like postpartum yeah. depression, suicidal tendencies. I mean, we go deep, um, but it's it's been a fun journey. So, yeah, I'm on Facebook as I'm Allison Tharp now. Yeah. And um, also my company is called Whole Story Health. So, on got
0: the website and the Instagrams mm-hmm, and all that, yep.
1: Instagram, whole story health coach. Yeah, that's uh way more than you asked for, but
0: that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. I mean, we, we, I'm sure we'll have uh. Plenty of men out there that can pass along, uh, watching and listening, they can pass along your information as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I can hear it now. Oh, my woman's hormonal. <laughs> you know, I, I want to tell you guys that you have hormones too. Everybody has yeah. hormones, right? And so, and actually, fun fact, men actually have more estrogen than they do testosterone. Do you know yeah. that? Yeah. You just have a lot more testosterone than women do. Interesting. Yep. So, um, But it's
0: all about balance, right?
1: Yeah. And how you live your life. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. So I told the women today, uh, next time your, your man's being grumpy, the all, Oh, you're just being hormonal on him. Like he does to you.
0: <laughs> you should have told me that last night. <laughs> <laughs> Quit being hormonal. <laughs> That's cool. Funny. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and giving us some perspective and some outside, uh, opinions, thoughts, and all those things. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you're in my life, and I can't wait you to know. see where your training leads you because I could definitely see you out there rocking a gun and being the next uh, <sighs> bad a lady uh, competitor. No pressure, right? No pressure. I, I mean, <laughs>
1: you know, I, it would take a lot, but I am pretty competitive, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's exciting to think about. Who and you knows? like running, so
0: and there's a lot of running like in running. USPSA.
1: Yeah. But there's a lot of agility that I yeah. need to work on too. So. <laughs> I can
0: show you some matches of uh, multi-gun. Uh, they do uh or three gun nation. It's, it's almost like a, 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 track meet with guns for them. It's I wild. Mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Of course, uh, Catch, uh, catch Allison Tharp on the of her social medias and reach out if there's anything that, that uh, you need her for. And then you know to catch the website, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all those things for me. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.